0: welcome back to the building stewards podcast i'm your host donovan brooks and i'm here to guide you on your stewardship journey through education encouragement and engagement happy spring i am glad to be back with you today i am interested i want to hop into a little content around taxes and how we should view taxes as christians just because it is the tax filing season taxes are upon us And it's just one of those topics that a lot of us kind of begrudgingly pay our taxes because we have to. But I think there's a lot of fruit in this topic for us as Christians. So anyway, uh, before I hop into the content, I wanted to make a couple announcements uh, just so everyone knows. If you haven't heard by now, the tax deadline has been extended from the traditional April 15th deadline to May 17th. So this this is a step by Congress to, again, help uh, alleviate some of the burden that the past year has kind of brought on just buying some extra time for taxpayers to get their information together in order to get their taxes filed. Just a lot of moving parts, a lot of complexities, a lot of stuff going on. Even with some of their policies and provisions, it changes you know, some of the the methods of accounting and steps that need to be taken to accurately file taxes. So they've extended that to May 17th. However, quarterly estimated taxes still need to be paid by the same schedule, which means the first payment needs to be paid by April 15th. So for those that may not know, quarterly estimated taxes need to be paid for those that are largely self-employed, so those that are sole proprietors or maybe LLCs filing as a sole proprietor. Pretty much if you're earning income and you don't have taxes withheld routinely from however you get paid, you will need to pay quarterly estimated taxes based on however much you're anticipating uh, making throughout the year, which is always a hard equation and math to really kind of project out. It's, it's tough to, to do some of that, especially if your service or your business fluctuates quite a bit. It's hard to kind of pin those down. But if you work with uh, an accountant, they can obviously lean in and, and help you project out a little more, or even a, a financial planner might be able to help you project out your tax in a little more accurate way. Also, quarterly estimated taxes need to be paid by those that underpaid from the prior year. So if you owed more than $1,000 to the IRS in the form of taxes, typically you have to make quarterly estimated taxes that next year uh, because the IRS says, hey, we want more taxes from you throughout the year instead of having a lump sum payment at the end of the year. So that is quarterly estimated taxes. One thing to note about that schedule, uh, how I learned to keep track of those dates, is you start with April 15th. It's always tax day is typically the the kickoff for quarterly estimated taxes. But then you add two months to that. And then from that day, you add three months. And from that day, you add four months. So you start with April 15th. That's the first payment. The second payment is due by June 15th. The third payment's due three months out by September 15th. And the last payment's due four months out from that date, which will be January 15th. All righty, so that takes care of that announcement. One other thing I wanted to hit on was this interesting article that I saw this week, this past week, in regards to taxes and more so how much day trading was going on last year, mostly via Robinhood, but just kind of this culture that has really emerged with younger individuals and the the trend that's going on of day trading. So this article first emerged from a Morningstar article but I, I read it from a, a Forbes article. But here's a quote, a little snippet from that article, from an advisor that is recounting his initial interaction with an investor that comes to him with something that needs resolved. So it says, "Young, a young man calls me and says he opened up a brokerage account with thirty thousand in 2020. He transacted forty-five million, yes, million, in total trades for a net profit of forty-five thousand by year end. He recently received his 1099-B." which is just a tax form that kind of shows all of your transactions and your history within a brokerage account for that year. He received his 1099B and then put it into TurboTax. And to his chagrin, he had $1.4 million in capital gain income and a tax bill of just over $800,000. So this is just mind-boggling. Obviously, there's a lot that probably still needs to be deduced by looking at the actual tax form, the 1099-B. But there's a couple themes that really kind of stand out to me that can be learned. One, the tax system is is very much complex. The second thing is Robinhood has made trading so easy and so accessible, which I think accessibility, like that's great. Their kind of shtick was democratizing investing for all. Like they wanted to give investing the ability to invest to everyone. And that's that's great. But how they've gone about it and gamifying it and making it too easy without proper disclosure and education and information, they're doing a disservice to a lot of traders. So this young man pretty much accrued this huge tax bill because of how he was going about trading. The big principle that came into play with this specific instance was what's called the wash sale rule, which means if you sell an investment, or security, a position for a loss, but then you rebuy that same security or a similar security within 30 days, you are disallowed that loss. And so what happens in these instances are pretty pre- people are pretty much just accruing capital gains and they're not receiving any of the losses through the trading because they're not playing by the rules that is a legal regulation that is set forth by the IRS. And so, this, I, I know for sure this guy isn't the only guy that has a, a huge tax bill for 2020. You know, this is going on. I, I'm sure there's a ton, a ton of people that are getting hit with these huge tax bills because they don't understand the tax code and the implications of what they're doing. So, if this isn't reaffirming of buy and hold for long term, I don't know what it is. I know I hit on it a lot. Like, the best investing strategy is not sexy, It's buy and hold and and to grow something and contribute long over a long period of time it isn't buy and sell buy and sell uh, we're not going to look at it every day there's just so much damage you know that's obviously being done by that it, it is more it is more like gambling when you approach trading and investing in that manner like i've said that before that's more so what it is so anyway i, I just wanted to hit on that because uh, there was just an interesting little tax story. I know I wanted to do, do an episode on taxes. And that was uh, something I saw in the news about a little little blurb about taxes that caught my attention. And yeah, I just wanted to make that, that known that everything typically has a tax implication when it comes to your finances. So be aware of that. Be aware of that. And if you're not going to do the research, you need to have someone in your corner that is going to know the tax implications for you so you can know your options and know how to proceed in an effective and efficient way. So anyway, enough about that. I'll plug that article in the show notes if you wanted to read that. Yeah, just super, super interesting. Okay. Taxes, taxes, taxes. How should we be approaching taxes as Christians? So first and foremost, just to kind of give a a brief little overview of taxes being in the United States. Um, Here in the United States, we largely abide by a progressive tax system. This means the appropriate taxes are based on a percentage and increase as we earn more or spend more depending on the type of tax. So, the easiest example is our income tax system. We start off at a 10% tax bracket, the next tax bracket as your income goes up bumps up to 12% and from there it bumps up to and from there it bumps up to 22% and there From there, it bumps up to 24% and then to 32%, to 35%, and to 37%. And it may even be rolled back even higher uh, if uh, President Biden proposes a new tax proposal that rolls back the tax cuts from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. That was recently passed a couple years ago. So again, that could be even a little higher. But that is kind of how the progressive tax system works. And let's just say you are married, filing jointly zero to approximately $19,900 is taxed at 10%. So all taxable income is going to be taxed at that rate. Anything above that 19900 amount is taxed at the next tax bracket, which is 12%. And that gets taxed all the way up until $81,050. So any taxable income above that bracket is taxed at 22%, all the way up to $172,750, and so on and so forth. You get, you kind of get the idea. So that is, again, how a progressive tax system works. And we've always really, to my knowledge, in the modern era, have always abided and lived by this progressive system. We have other types and forms of, of taxes and excise taxes and sales taxes that, again, are more so based on a percent. It may be capped, but it's based on a percent. So the more that you spend, the more you're paying in taxes. So as you can see, we are in this place of supply and demand within the labor force. The more that you can make yourself in demand, the higher you're gonna get paid for what you do. Subsequently, this means the more that you're going to get taxed because you're making more money. What does this mean for us as Christians? And I've really had a change of perspective when it comes to taxes as a Christian within the last couple of years. So first and foremost, we need to step back and again remember that it's not ours in the first place. What we have, what we earn, the income that we make is not ours. It's really hard, especially what I see first and foremost, it's really hard especially for income. You know, we can look at all the other things in our life and what we possess, and say, yeah, easily. That's that's God's. But that first time that money hits our account from like a paycheck, I think it's hard because we have such a close connection and emotional bond with a lot of the work that we do. And so when that hits our account, it's really easy to claim ownership of that. So first and foremost, we need to remember that it's all God's, no matter what. It is all his. That is the perspective, first and foremost, that we need to take. So if, we, if it's all his, we need to remember that what we're stewarding is, is from him. When it comes to the income that we earn and the subsequent taxes that we pay, we need to remember that it's symptomatic of God's provision. It's symptomatic of God's provision. And I think there should be a large degree of gratitude and contentment through that. If we are humbling ourselves and remembering that yeah, God has given us everything. These taxes are symptoms of what he's given us. Like we should be paying this gladly and with gratitude and with utmost thankfulness. So that's that's one. Again, we need to be paying taxes with integrity. Integrity. Uh, as Christians, we are called to live above reproach. We're called to live upright in a righteous manner. This isn't to say that our righteous deeds or things that we do well are going to earn us any more favor through God, right? Because that only Jesus Christ can do that through his His death and resurrection. So our good deeds aren't earning us any bonus points with God, but the the good deeds that we do is the fruit of our transformation through Christ. So we need to remember that. Paying taxes with integrity is the fruit of our heart's transformation through Jesus. And I will say, I want to hit on something really quick. There's a difference between tax evasion and tax avoidance because this line can be blurred if if we don't if we don't know exactly what the two mean and how they're different. So tax avoidance is the legal use of the tax code to one's own advantage to reduce the amount of tax that is payable by an individual or business. Let me read that again. Tax avoidance is the legal use of the tax code. To one's own advantage to reduce the amount of tax that is payable by an individual or business. So it's legal. Those provisions and those things that we can find in the tax code to reduce our own tax liability are completely legal. And so this is wise to be able to navigate that terrain, that tax terrain, the tax code to be able to reduce and use the system to your advantage. Completely legal. On the other end of the spectrum is tax evasion. Tax evasion is an illegal activity in which a person or entity avoids paying a true tax liability. So this could be purposely misreporting income. This could be hiding assets. This could be really anything nefarious. And if you have any doubt in your mind if this is right or wrong, it's probably wrong. And it is probably some form of tax evasion. So again, we see two different ways of handling tax liability with the intent of reducing your taxes paid. One is legal and one is illegal. So, okay, paying taxes with integrity was, was the point there. When it comes to paying taxes, a key tenet, I think, is, is remembering we need to submit to authority. And I kind of hit on this a little bit above, but we need to submit to authority. Here in Romans 13.1, it says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities." For there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. That's Romans 13, 1 and 2. And so what we see here is God has instituted authority in this country. And through that authority... Obviously, the tax code lives in that authority. So we need to be abiding and submitting to that authority. And by doing that, we are submitting to God and we are obeying God through that submission. Um, And that incurs the tax code. So when we're paying taxes with integrity, we're doing it legally, we're doing it with thanksgiving and gratitude. We are doing those in essence to God. So we need to submit to authority. Another example of this is in the book of Mark, chapter 12, verses 13 through 17. It says this, And they sent to him some of the Pharisees and some of the Herodians to trap him in his talk. And they came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances, but truly teach the way of God. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or should we not? But knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, why put me to the test? Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. And they brought one. And he said to them, whose likeness and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. Jesus said to them, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God, the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. And that is Mark 12, verses 13 through 17. So what I love about this account in scripture is one we have the Roman Empire ruling over Israel and you have a very different picture and illustration of paying taxes here you're paying ta- you're called to pay taxes to this nation that is pretty much kind of oppressing you ruling over you and Jesus comes in and says hey no they are the authority pay to them what's theirs and pay to God what's God's. So at that time, it's very clear that they were under Roman rule. Jesus said, whose inscription is on this coin? And they said, Caesar's. So it was very clear that they were under the Roman rule, that they were commanded to pay taxes, and they were obligated to do that. And Jesus said, yes, pay the taxes to them, but give to God what's God's. So like, we step back, what is God's? And so as Christians... Like, I think in this, this scripture, it's like, we belong to God. Jesus paid our debt. We are forever indebted to Jesus and that transaction of a right relationship with God. We belong to God. So we see this a lot in the New Testament. We see Paul talk about being slave to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I got to be careful because that language that word can be interpreted very differently today than what it was intended to be used so today we typically associate slavery and being a slave with chattel slavery which is more so being treated like property slavery when it was spoken in in, and used in the new testament and even the old testament was more or more or less um, a servant and to take that a step further more like an indentured servant. So more voluntary, if you will. Uh, Now someone check my theology and my interpretation of that, but it was a very different dynamic and perspective of what it meant to be a slave. So when we hear that and we kind of put ourselves into being a slave to Jesus, we are voluntarily stepping into that role that he laid down, and, and gave his life for us. So we are returning to him out of free will saying, I'm a slave to you. I'm indebted to you. I belong to you. My heart belongs to you. You are transforming. You are living and dwelling within me. So anyway, to round it out, we should be remembering that taxes are symptomatic of God's provision. So when we have to pay a lot of taxes, We need to remember it's because we've been provided for um, in regards to how we're paying our taxes, typically through income or assets. We need to remember that we've been provided and given a lot. So there is a lot of responsibility through that. First and foremost, we need to check our hearts. We need to be grateful. We need to be content as well. We need to remember that it all belongs to God, and we need to be humbling proceeding through the process of just paying those taxes. Next, we need to be, again, paying taxes with integrity. We need to remember that there's a difference between tax evasion and tax avoidance. Tax evasion is illegal, and tax avoidance is completely legal and is taking advantage of the tax code. So, whichever one we're doing is a direct reflection of our heart. You know, if we are using tax avoidance, then we are using the knowledge of the tax code, we are being wise with how we're navigating the tax landscape completely legal if we're ta- avoiding taxes then you know we need to repent of that it is illegal it is probably abhorred in, in God's eyes so we need to turn from that and yeah start paying taxes with integrity And then lastly we need to submit to authority this is more of a posture in just what we're seeing and how we're paying our taxes so we need to remember again, that the authority, there's no one that's an authority that hasn't received that authority, but from God. So we need to remember that. So by submitting to the authority that we're paying taxes to, we're submitting to God, and we are uh, just being obedient in, in regards to paying those taxes. So we need to submit to authority, and remember that by doing that, we are submitting and obeying God and his command. Alrighty. So that was an episode I wanted to do on taxes. Thanks uh, for sticking with me. If you, if you stayed and listened to the whole episode, time for your call to action. Again, maybe, maybe you need to review, maybe you need to reflect on um, just your heart when it comes to paying taxes. Are you begrudgingly paying your taxes? Do you get upset? Do you kind of curse the government and the IRS? Are you more moderate or do you choose that time to really reflect on how much God has given you? When you look at how much you paid in taxes for the year, do you say, wow, like, God, you've given me so much that this is the evidence? So that would be just something for you to take some time to reflect on maybe as we go through this tax season. So, ooh, I wanted to read a review that I got on Apple Podcast. The Bustinator says, Donovan has great insight into the financial world and how it relates to our walk with Christ. The episodes are well recorded. His voice is pleasant to the ears. And every episode I listen to is ver- is very informative. Keep up the great work. I'm consistently looking forward to the next episode. Thank you so much, The Bustinator. I appreciate your kind words. And as always, these, these um, reviews, these great reviews just are wind in my sails to continue to create good content. continue to be obedient to the Holy Spirit in spreading helpful information when it comes to personal finances and our faith walk. So thank you again, The Bustinator. That will continue to be some, some wind in my sails. All right. Thanks for listening so much. I appreciate you. If you could continue to share this with anyone that you know. Uh, friends, family, colleagues, anyone that you think would find this valuable. Again, I would appreciate you so much. If this is your first time listening, don't forget to hit subscribe and follow this podcast to continue to get updates as they are released. Again, thanks for being with me on this journey as I talk about all things faith and finance. And until next time, the best is yet to come. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Because it is general in nature, it does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a financial decision. This podcast is not engaged in legal, financial, or other professional services.